Welcome back to the real world, Sarah. Uh, I hear you took an overnight flight from Kona. Yes, thank you. I uh, yeah, the red eye. It's the you, you know what it's like. It's most of the flights off the island to North America are red eyes. So that's what I was on. <laughs> I definitely um, did that one just, time and forgot there was a time change. I was like, oh, I'll get eight hours of sleep. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> no, I won't. Yeah. And you're just on like a short five hour flight. Sorry. By the time you sort of like settle in, um, you probably get a couple hours sleep. And then there you are for in my case in Seattle. So <laughs> you're like, lovely, lovely. So you're going to tell us all the like on the ground stuff from Kona today. And then we're just gonna do like a quick, a quick recap. So we get all the drama and then we're going to go on break for two. We're going to off season for two weeks and no po- new podcast. Yeah. We're going to uh, take a little break for two weeks. Sorry, folks. Um, but we do have a really fun show coming up today. So um, Kelly and I are going to talk about, uh, we're going to co- do the Kona brief debrief and talk about the biggest surprises drama in the men's race which is hilarious, by the way. Um, Marathon records fall. And what the heck was the Aleve Mile? Sarah, I hear they have noon endurance in Canada now. Oh, Canada, baby, finally. I use the sport tabs, the basic tabs at CrossFit. Well, I use the noon endurance. Citrus mango is the way to go. And now you can try that too in, you know, up north. Up here in Canada, you can order any of these or the rest tabs to help you sleep or the immunity tabs to fight off those bugs. And you can do that by using the code IRONWOMEN. I'm not saying that to you, Kelly. I'm saying this to the people at home. (laughs) The code IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. And go check out their new community of women doing cool stuff at Noonness, their TV channel on YouTube. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real and I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, so what is your vote for biggest surprise of Kona? Wow. I Am I supposed to pick one? That's so hard. Okay, I think the biggest surprises were Daniela failing. That's. I feel like I'm choosing an obvious she didn't, one. She didn't fail. I feel like that was... I kept... I, like, texted you during the race. Is she just having a regular person day? Like, I feel like we need to be like, oh, yeah, she was still 13th in the world. It was just, like, a bad day for her. <laughs> like, okay. Well, okay, so... I, I'm going to tell you this. I have two things on my list that are big, that are on the surprises list when we decided we're going to talk about this. One is like Daniela not being part of the front of the race. And the other one is how amazingly well she champed it up for that 13th Oh, yeah. Like seeing her run down, she ran past mile 10 because um, I didn't go up into the Queen K, so I didn't see anything past then. But when she came back down Alihi at mile 10, she was running really, really strong and she was still kind of on pace for one of the fastest marathons of the day. So that's ac- actually also surprising for someone who had a stomach bug. <laughs> oh, for so. sure. I mean, it's so common to see people like if you expected to be first or second or whatever, and you're in I don't know, eighth or, and you're really far back. Like you just jog it in. You're like, well, I'll finish, you know, you don't, but she was still going for it, which is so hard to do to like motivate yourself and just keep going the hardest you can on the day. 
crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the other one, speaking of going hard, um, a lot of mine are in the same category. One was like Lucy Charles, who was overtaken first by Annie and then by Sarah Crowley. And then who came back, like dug in uh, and, and came back into second place, which is kind of virtually um, unheard of in, in oh, Ironman in general, but especially at world champs. And then she, like when we talked to her after she was like, she basically said, I've come second twice and I came here to win and coming less than second was just not going to be acceptable, you know? <laughs> um, so it's really interesting. We were laughing that she was like, no, I get second at Coda. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally uh, did you see, did you see her say after the race though that, and I find this like a very weird relationship and we can like discuss, but that her husband slash coach told her if she won, they could get two puppies and if she got second, they could only get one puppy, but third or worse, no puppies. And so that was why she like came back for a second and you're like, Oh honey, you can have a puppy however you do. Like get your dog. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I would, I just personally hoped that that's how they were choosing to frame it and like not right. necessarily like, Right. what happens in their relationship. I, I think that's what I thought. Right. Um, I think it was like a I, joke, I, but yeah. 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 Like I don't know Lucy very well. I know her from just showing up doing the interviews. My impression, like my impression of her is that she's not the kind of person who's waiting for permission to get a puppy, you know? Um, and she was probably using it as her own reward. Um, for sure. For so, sure. My impression I, I though is probably... also that a relationship like that doesn't work and your having your husband be your coach doesn't work unless you pretty much do what he says, right? Like you buy, like you have the relation, like a relationship such that one person is more dominant. Like, I just think that's probably true across the board, you know? Yeah. Unless you like the opposite thing. So when, like when I used to work with my ex-husband when, and he was like, he wasn't really like, I wouldn't say he was coaching me. So I never, I never would have framed it that way, but because people would assume it was a dominant relationship. Right. So that's why I never right. framed it as coaching, but like some people, like I let some people like think it was a more traditional coaching relationship, but we like would work together. Like he was another person who understood training and strategies. And then we would like work together on what the program looked like. And we were like a partnership in that way. Um, so I think that that would be the second option. Well, there you go. Not to like totally digress from Kona <laughs> into Sarah's <laughs> personal life. <laughs> well, yeah, <All> right. <laughs> I think I made a great point that everyone can take home with them. There you go. What else did you see on the ground that like we couldn't see on the TV? Cause the TVs really didn't cover a ton past like third place in either men or women's race. Right. So how much, I mean, they did have the Daniela cam, right? Like, so, you, well, sure, sure. A lot of like what was happening with her. You basically had a Daniela cam and then like the top three. And that was, that was pretty much it. So. Huh? Yeah. I'm trying to think like, what would we have seen on the ground? I, I think, um, I think like it, what's interesting is like in Kona in other years, I felt like there's a lot of, um, a lot of disappointment. Like after like the podium, you right. start to get, you know, people's sort of like negative faces <laughs> out there. Um, but this year I felt like there was a bit of a shift, like that a lot of people were happy. Like a lot of people had come through to positions that they, uh, weren't expecting you know like Laura Phillip if you think of the women's um, if the women's race um, that th those th like there were people basically with happy faces on more than other years I don't know if that's like something in the air or what yeah but. like I was noticed that like both Heather Jackson who was fifth and Lindsay Corbin who was 10th were like really happy like what I saw when they crossed the line that it was like it was like a very emotional um, finish uh, I didn't really see that many of the men cross the line because they kind of cut away to show 
you know, Lucy making the repass. Um, but certainly like Ben Hoffman and Ford seemed really happy. Like, yeah, I do think there was yeah. definitely, and even the people who dropped out and obviously, obviously like the day after Kona is like the national annual post your excuses on Instagram day, right? Like that just, it just right. is. But mm-hmm. even the people who dropped out seemed a lot more like, you know, shit happens. Everyone comes here fit. It is what it is. Then, you know, then down, I guess. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if there was like a shift overall. Maybe triathletes are just getting more optimistic, Sarah. Maybe that's what it is. We're all just like, <laughs> we're all just like learning to embrace the fact that it's like really, really hard and it goes wrong most of the time. Most of the time. Um, okay. So the biggest thing though, or not the biggest thing, but the thing that cracked me up the most post the race was the like, the men, all the drama with the men, like the women are chill. The women are cool. And then the men were like all drama all the time. Um, and so I guess I can like recap a little, but my, you didn't actually go to the men's press conference cause I so, watched it and it was all drama. So, right. much drama. so this is my biggest regret is like not actually <laughs> attending. The, I, how was I supposed to know there was going to be drama at the men's press conference, but cause the um, men are Ashley always Taylor. drama. The men are always drama. <laughs> I should have known better. Ashley and Taylor from iron women, um, went to, and, and Ashley, like they came out of it. Ashley actually said I was really, really uncomfortable in there. <laughs> um, and they both said that, um, Cam Worf was, uh, talking like, weird shit and that Jan Fredino was way more arrogant than they thought he was <laughs> I think their whole like bubble around pro athletes in the men's race was completely burst okay so I guess we'll get to that like the whole question of if it was arrogant or just funny because I was on the side of like I thought it was just funny but I guess we should like sum up first okay so we'll sum up some of the drama I feel like the biggest drama was between like Jan Fredino and Alistair Brownlee um because Alistair, so my understanding is Alistair basically had some kind of a leak flat, a flat during the race. At some point he stopped to fix it. And then he like <laughs> maybe blew himself up, but went really hard to catch back up to Tim O'Donnell and Jan Ferdino. And words were exchanged uh, when he caught back up. Mm, I don't know. He was unhappy is what has been, has been said by Tim and Jan. Um, I think he kind of like yelled at them for not like waiting for him or something, like swore at them. So, so he was very unhappy. And after the race, there was like a video of him kind of like shoving Jan, but then he's all, oh, I was just disoriented. You know, I wasn't trying to shove. It's all like very, it's all very ridiculous. Uh, oh, but this happened in the middle of an interview Jan was giving in German. And obviously the interviewer was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, why did he just run into you? And Jan basically says in German, that guy's always been an asshole, like always will be a jerk. It's certainly not the first time that there's been drama with Alistair, like, you remember his ITU days when he like, you know, people would accuse him of pulling on them during the race, like swim, whatever. He's always like, he races to race. It's certainly been drama. So that came up a bunch during the men's conference and Jan definitely had some words. Then Cam Worf, who got fifth, kind of just like gave like as if he was like out getting drinks with his friend, like a re- his like own personal recap of the race and called someone a douchebag like yeah it was like it's very he definitely had thoughts about lots of people and then a reporter asked Jan asked the panel but specifically Jan if he felt bad that Patrick Langa who was the defending champ dropped out and Jan basically was like I get the sense Jan does not like Patrick like there's clearly some like some history there yeah there's some German Um, drama there's some German drama and Jan basically said in so many words um 
I think this is my favorite way to phrase this, but he said, it's always unfortunate when someone doesn't just stand and take their punches. <laughs> like he was like, Patrick should have stayed and gotten beat, you know? Right. And then he said, and like direct quote, frankly, I don't honestly, like, I don't give a shit. I fucking won. Right. Like, and you're like, all right. So <laughs> I just thought this was hilarious. Like I was watching it. I thought it was hilarious, but I gather some people felt that Jan was really arrogant. Some people were like, wow, these guys are assholes. My takeaway, I actually feel like is like a lot, like, you know how everybody in the pro field kind of has a, has a feeling about other people. Like we all kind of know who's an asshole and who isn't like everyone kind of, yeah. And I don't think people actually hate Jan. Like, I think everyone's kind of like, Jan's cool. Like, he's not an asshole. He doesn't, like, go out there and sit at the back of the pack. And You know what I mean? Like, I don't think people are... I think everyone's cool with Jan. You do hear a lot of people not being cool with Alistair. And I do think, like, Jan and Patrick have some shit. And So I don't know. I was on the side of, like, it was just sort of funny. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, I don't have, like... I Again, I wish I had gone and I didn't get to watch it. But I... I um. I, I I can't help but think that like if the women talked in the same way that they'd be thrown under the bus harder that like really stays with me that like the women's press conference is so nice oh know? yeah they're always like so, so nice, nice each other. yeah and then like th- and that's not necessarily a bad thing right like it's it actually could be a good thing for the <laughs> for the women that they're actually like respectful of their competitors um I don't know honestly like I thought I saw Jan being a bit like that like a little passive aggressive um before the race and I okay. thought I, think I even said this in the podcast that I think that it meant I thought it meant that he was like ready he was just kind of like y- maybe using anger to fuel him um hmm. to win it it did it does surprise me a little bit that after he won because I I do think there's like after you win there's a place for being gracious, you know, and being respectful of your competitors and the people that pushed you. Like there's, there's no doubt, even though Patrick Lang, I didn't finish on the day. There's no doubt that Jan watching Pat having like been absent last year, watching Patrick set a record. There's no doubt that didn't fuel him for this year. So in a way that kind of graciousness of like having someone else who's a great competitor, um, setting a record for Jan to be like, he, I I feel like he kind of missed the boat on understanding how that process works. <laughs> he is, um, he does him, him and Cam were, are like very cool with each other. And they did like, were totally cool with each other during the press conference. And Jan did call out like some people for inspiring him. He like called out Pete Jacobs for sure. And he did like say like the other guys up here on this panel, like the top five guys, he was like, he did like say they, you know, he appreciated them pushing him, like Tim being right behind, you know, running fast behind him, whatever. Um, so I, I, I don't know that he is ungracious to everyone. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, he is clearly, if you go on his Twitter right now, everybody, uh, I don't know if he just has like a lot of free time, but he is definitely like taking issue with everyone who's like accusing him of doping or accusing him of like having a motor in his body. Like he's like very specific, like he's like uh, on a roll right now with like, why would you say that? Here's like my proof that I'm not, you know. So maybe he just like is doesn't want, you know, feels like what the fuck? Like I worked really hard and now people are trying to take this away from me. Maybe right. that's how he feels. I don't know. <laughs> or he just has way too much free time right now. It's unclear. Yeah, I don't I, I, it's, it's hard to know. Like, I, you know, I've known him to be someone who, for example, when we were on the Bahrain team together, we would have sometimes team events or team like where we were all traveling to training together or something. And like everyone would show up. And you, you know how many world champions um, are on that right. team, right? Um, right? So it's not like Jan's in like alone. You know, he's in company with other people that are of his caliber. And then he like he would be the guy that didn't show up. 
you know um so he's always had a little bit of that like next level i don't know if you want to call it arrogance or edge but he's always had it okay there's also obviously the argument that it just makes triathlon more fun to have this kind of you know it does drama competition it it does make it more fun for sure absolutely um there was also another, the other big endurance event this past weekend, Sarah, that also had drama. Uh, did you watch by any chance the sub two hour marathon attempt that was like very weird? Yeah, we watched bits. I watched bits and pieces of it, like not a lot, just near the end, you know. Um, and then actually it was funny because Ashley and I had um, like had gone to bed because we're getting ready for to like wake up early for the race the next day. And then um, Taylor comes running into the room and she's like... <laughs> And she's like, he did it. He did it. And I just remember her silhouette, like standing in the doorway. So excited. So that's how I found out. <laughs> oh, wow. See, it's very drama. Um, yeah. So the Kipchoge ran a sub two hour marathon in one of those like engineered record attempts where, you know, it's like a closed course and he had pacers and it was all yeah. like very set. Uh, he did like laps around Vienna. Um And so it doesn't count for like an official world record, but still like, still it's a big deal. And I think like, obviously it's a big deal. I don't particularly have a problem with the weird record attempt. It is a little odd. Okay. So I get why everyone's excited about a sub two hour marathon, right? It's like the same reason everyone's excited about a sub four minute mile. But then like, what's the female equivalent? Like, are we like, what can you equally be excited about? Are we like, we, because... Okay, so the equivalent to a two-hour marathon, science says for female is like a 215-ish marathon. Like they like tried to figure this out with like yep. data, whatever. That was also shattered this weekend at the Chicago mm-hmm. Marathon. Um, Bridget Koskai, I never know how to say her name, um, ran a 214, like not in a, you know, engineered, like on a regular marathon course. And it got, I mean, it certainly got attention, but I feel like it, it wasn't, you know. Taylor didn't run into your room yelling she did it she did it so that's true that's true yeah it's it is interesting like I think it probably even got more attention because it came on the back of the two hour right right um which is another interesting point but yeah you're right and it will count for a world record because it's on a course um I definitely think that we um yeah we still kind of with especially with those things with those like pinnacle of the sport things like the fastest ever because because he was the fastest ever human you know right to like or you know what i mean like it's going to be a while before women are going under two hours for the marathon um one would think yeah one would think that it's going to take us a while (laughs) um but yeah i I don't know that's it's a hard one it's another place that like you know women in sport kind of end up a little bit screwed really to be fair the uh they both, both of them are Nike sponsored, uh, and they wore like the newest prototype of the fancy, fanciest, you know, shoes that I know, look, like I get that those aren't, don't have the same effect for every runner in every situation, but hands down, they, they have an effect, right? They save you some amount of time. And so the actual, the IAF is now investigating these prototype shoes and if they're unfair. So FYI. Hmm. hmm. In the meantime, you know, every triathlete will continue to wear them because yeah. triathletes. Because triathletes. But also, to be fair, like the, our time trial bikes in triathlon, you can't ride in UCR right. races. So, you know, we can end up with technology in triathlon that the actual sport, individual sport doesn't allow. So maybe running shoes will go that direction. 
Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Mm-hmm. All right. After the break, you're going to tell me what exactly is the Aleve Mile. The question we've all been wondering. We would like to thank Noon Hydration for supporting the podcast. Get 30% off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. That's IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. And don't forget to order your feisty gear at LiveFeisty.com with the code RIDING to get a 20% discount. Follow at If We Were Riding on all the social medias and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are, because that works too. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race to the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real, and I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, so if you were watching Coda, there was this like thing where they were like, the pain-free Aleve Mile in the middle of the run. What the hell was that? So it's funny because it was so unusual that even people on the ground were like, what the hell is the Aleve Mile? I think I heard that three or four <laughs> times during the marathon. Like people, like I didn't hear ever hear it because I wasn't watching the coverage. Obviously, I was on the course, but I heard people asking about it. So um on Alihi Drive, like just as you turn down from Hot Corner, um, so basically a place where the um, you come when when they start the marathon, you come past there once near the beginning of the marathon, a second time at mile ten when you're going up to the Queen K, and then you come back to the same spot um, on the way to the finish line, and that's the that's Hot Corner. And there's a lot of spectators there, and then down Alihi, they had this, they had like a massive Alive banner. And then they had um, barriers there and like that were bra- everything was branded a leave for like it wasn't a mile long, um, <laughs> but it was branded a leave for like a weirdly long time. It was a very odd like when we were talking about it, we said we think maybe a leave is trying on a sponsorship for um, for 2020, like either a title sponsor, probably a title sponsor. Oh, there- you know how Iron Man like changes their title sponsor every year. It's like they charge so much that like companies don't. Um, right. Don't often do multi-year deals. Uh, so I think that might be what's happening here. Well, okay. So um, they did have a big sponsorship this year, though. I mean, I wasn't title because Vega was title, but it was certainly a very large sponsorship because they sponsored a mile. Um, but here's my question. I didn't really think about this because I don't really, you know, take any pills during races because that'd be weird. Um, but it's a little bit of a fucked up sponsorship. If you think about it, because Aleve is like a non-steroid anti-inflammatory right and there's all kinds yeah, of research a brand of ibuprofen um i can never remember if, so that's why i don't ever deal with this because i can never remember if Aleve is ibuprofen or tylenol you know how those are different um i'm pretty sure it's ibuprofen like it's a it, yeah it's anti-inflammatory anyway yeah yeah it's a non-steroid anti-inflammatory but the point is there's a ton of research that non-steroid anti-inflammatories have like really bad health effects for endurance athletes you know like yes. higher risk of kidney uh, failure like ri- higher risk of uh, you know hyponatremia all this stuff um and you really shouldn't be taking them during an iron man like 100 percent. like you really shouldn't be so like what the fuck right like that just seems like a really bad like actually like very problematic sponsorship because yeah, you can tie I- 
like it pretty closely to like what if people take more leave now when they shouldn't and there is higher risk like higher rate of kidney injury like it just doesn't seem like a good idea yeah it's an odd one in practice i do know people who take ibuprofen during the race um too especially if you're carrying an injury or whatever but like i tried one year i tried i was i had a back injury it was actually in kona and i tried doing like a ibuprofen load like beforehand that was recommended by a doctor um but what we didn't take into account was how badly that would affect my like you just said um could lead to hyponatremia like my electrolyte balance was wackadoo by the time I like left the freaking swim you know and and it depends like and that won't be the same effect for everybody like I know people who race just fine and take ibuprofen and then I know other people like me who can't handle it at all (laughs) um and it it fucks with you so well it um, has yeah it has a really bad effect or a higher effect in hot environments um Mm -hmm. and it is it is one of those things where like ibuprofen which is like advil Aleve is actually uh naproxen i looked it up while we were talking but it's essentially it's also an anti-inflammatory okay, sorry. those naproxen. are more problematic whereas like tylenol which is acetaminophen is the one that like is more okay though it also has very bad like other health term effect whatever right like this is why i just stay away from all of it during races because i'm like i can't keep track it's too bad anyway obviously there's some people's fine for it and there's some people's really bad for it. it just seems like a problematic title sponsor it does i I agree with that i'm keen to see what happens because like obviously they've already done a fairly big sponsorship and it's just i think it's also funny to like arbitrarily like you just arbitrarily add a sponsorship like i wonder how for example like whoever sponsored the run course which i don't even know hoka is it hoka yeah i think so time to fly yeah like how does hoka feel about yeah about like suddenly this Aleve mile showing up like in the middle of their sponsorship deal area, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's like, yeah, I think the sponsorships at Ironman, <laughs> that would be amazing. They should sell every single one. I do think the sponsorships at, at Kona are getting like a little bizarre, but no one asked yeah. me, Sarah. Mm-hmm. No one asked you. None of you people can tell me to stop my town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.